the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 3. This is a first, first guest calling in from next to what I think might be the world's largest lake uh, in Kazakhstan, our good friend Hugh Hallman. He joins us almost every Tuesday. Used to be when he was not out of the country. We figured out the technology to have him when he is out in the, out of the country. He is calling in from Kazakhstan. Hugh is, of course, the former mayor of Tempe. He is an attorney in town and a factotum of many great civil and civic enterprises here in the Phoenix area. Hugh, welcome back to the airwaves of Phoenix from abroad. Are you in Asia? I guess you're in Asia. I'm in Central Asia, in yeah. fact, and uh, I, I'm not actually near the Caspian Sea. I am, uh, however, uh, immediately south, uh, 18 miles south of the Russian Kazakhstan border so okay. I'm on the Kazakhstani side uh-huh. and it is uh, like the reference to the lake it is the longest international border between nations on the planet yeah. uh, 4750 miles thereabouts and uh, it, it is the reason I am here uh, I have spent 30 years uh, with uh, people of a country that I respect and appreciate uh, like the people of the United States, they are not perfect. None of us is. But these people uh, yearn for the kinds of liberty and freedom that Americans uh, have enjoyed from the really the founding of the country uh, and continue to do so. Were we perfect at our founding? Absolutely not. But that does not mean we shouldn't celebrate uh, the great nature of our country. And I am here with people of uh, the Republic of Kazakhstan to celebrate its 30th anniversary from its independence from the Soviet Union and uh, their continued efforts to uh, make their way toward the bright light of the United States. And that is not to say that they're moving closer physically, but they have uh, spiritually long been our brethren based on their their, uh, history over thousands of years. I want to uh, mention when I was uh, when Donald Trump was being impeached the first time I was out of country and watching it from there, it gave a certain perspective. And I want to get your perspective on the goings on of his arraignment today in a few moments. But just a couple of thoughts. uh, First off, from what you were describing, Hugh, uh, world's largest border between two countries. Is it a border they have figured out how to secure? Is there not a need to secure it in the way that we typically think of? Well, in fact, uh, ironically, uh, perhaps, uh, imagine the border between the United States and Mexico and having the uh, folks of the United States fleeing to the south yeah. to avoid being dragged into uh, service in a war. Yeah. So, in fact, uh, the border has not been uh, secured uh, differently to some extent than that between the United States and Canada, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the longest border for the United States. Uh, because of the nature and character of the the nations on either side. The Republic of Kazakhstan, having spent uh, a very long time in the Soviet Union, um, but also a very, very, very long time 
with Russians to their north and Chinese to their east, have had to work diligently to create relationships that uh, had sought to respect their borders. But in fact, uh, those very efforts did not respect mm-hmm. their borders. And I, I want to say that in touching on your brilliant monologue today oh, that raises the shout that it is essential that both sides involved in uh, a conflict or both sides involved in a relationship uh, around important uh, philosophical principles must respect it. And we have too often in the last uh, decade heard the clarion call from the left saying that Republicans must respect the law and uh, peacefully protest, while not just uh, tolerating but encouraging uh, those on their side of the aisle to protest violently and then claim that it is peaceful. We certainly saw in your your monologue raises that point about the speech uh, given by the mayor of the city of New York Mm -hmm. calling on Republicans... Uh, to avoid being yeah. ty- you know tyrannical and, yeah. and misbehaving and and uh, rioting yeah. when in fact uh, while they gleefully point to January sixth yeah. uh, uh, as the indicator of Republican activity, we as uh, as conservatives and long supporters of our Constitution and the First Amendment and all the principles it stands for recognize that January sixth was not the celebration by Republicans uh, uh, specifically, but by people who uh, were energized to create destruction. And yet, just the summer before, the Democrats pointed to their supporters protesting on behalf of specifically Black Lives Matter, but other kinds of things, destroying cities in the country and pointing to that as peaceful protesting. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. Thanks for identifying that. You, it was another thing in your opening sentence that I, in your opening statement, in your opening comments that I want to focus on for just a moment. <laughs> I, I sound like apparently a barrister making, making opening comments. I yeah. apologize. No, no, it's good. It's good. Um, what time is it there, by the way? Uh, it currently is 3 o'clock in the morning. Good on you. Good on you. Wait, no, to, wait, wait to be I'm, at I'm your sorry. desk. <laughs> I, 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 I had misstated that. Uh, it is actually 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, okay. So well, then it's practically to, breakfast. To work. Okay, yes. Indeed, indeed. A little irony, a little sarcastically, um, you said the people of Kazakhstan, you know, are moving ever towards, uh, ever towards inching, sometimes even racing, towards American ideals and embracing uh, at least uh, what we might call Western American uh, constitutional or democratic norms. And I have to tell you, on a day like today, I remember once a guy came to Dr. Bennett, William Bennett, and said uh, he has a brilliant idea for a project. This was shortly after 9-11. He said, I want to get uh, I want to get American civic textbooks into the madrasas of Pakistan. And Dr. Bennett said, well, count me out. And this guy just couldn't believe Dr. Bennett wouldn't think that was a good idea and said, why? He said, have you seen our civics textbooks? Uh, You know, (laughs) when you say on a day like today uh, that Kazakhstan is trying to um, move ever closer to our norms. I have to tell you, uh, Hugh, on a day like today, at least from here, you know, up until the arraignment, most of the uh, mood on behalf of uh, conservative commentators and Trump supporters and maybe Republicans in a general sense, was this is going to be a good day for Trump politically. This is going to be 
something that will um, that will backfire. And that may second point may be true. But I have to tell you, the mood in the country left to right, it's pretty dolorous. It's not a good looking day today here in in America. Well, I would agree with that. And I'm going to actually correct maybe a little bit of your comment, which is these American ideals. Of course, the the great beauty that we enjoy, uh, captured in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution itself, are universal ideals that have been in the bloodstream of uh, human beings uh, since they were able to scratch ideas out on rocks uh, with pointed sticks, perhaps. But in in this instance, of course, uh, uh, American may be an important way to state it, because uh, I think your reference in your monologue to Abraham Lincoln yeah. as the person who sketched out the need in his speech to the Lyceum yeah. in 1838 as a very young man yeah. was talking about the essence and need for those who respect liberty to respect the law. Right. And the reason I make that reference is because uh, when I first came to Kazakhstan, uh, this is in uh, just after the fall of the Soviet Union, and I was here in January of 1993. Okay. The, the photograph, or rather I should say the etching that I saw most frequent that made reference to the United States, was indeed of Abraham oh, Lincoln. Wonderful. And it is, not, uh, it is not, it should not be lost on people that if you like popular culture, The King and I is a musical. Yeah. Uh, the, the King of Siam makes reference to this man, Abraham Lincoln, yeah. 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 because that actually existed in that era. Yeah. That Tolstoy writes Tolstoy, about the yeah. fact that he'd yeah. gone into the Caucasus and met with a tribal leader yep. who wanted him to yeah. tell him yeah. about this amazing leader, Abraham Lincoln, yeah. and what motivated him, what it was about. And it was not Lincoln the human being, but Lincoln the ideal, representing these human values that are crucial to our continuing liberty, and that people yearn for that opportunity, and too easily it is lost to tyrants. Those tyrants who stand at the pulpit, who stand in the street corner, who stand uh, at the city halls, and call others who seek liberty, who, who seek to speak about important ideals as traitors somehow. It is those who actually put match to building that I point to as traitors. And the summer of, uh, of destruction, when the courthouse of Portland, when downtown Los Angeles, when even downtown Scottsdale and Scottsdale Fashion Square, that clear uh, demonstration of horror, were set on fire by the left. That is what we should be standing against and continue to stand against. And I join with other conservatives and uh, Republicans who call for peace and discussion of these issues because that uh, someone might be violent in this discussion is not a representative of those who want to question and properly question the use and abuse of government power. Beautiful. Let me take a quick commercial break because it's a long-distance phone call, and Hugh Holman and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delighted to have Hugh Holman. Usually he is uh, in studio with us. Today he's uh, in Kazakhstan. That uh, was funny what you were saying about the references to Lincoln uh, so treasured abroad uh, from the 
King and I to Tolstoy to what you saw first as the uh, most popular of etchings from abroad when you went to Kazakhstan. <laughs> what is it I think they say to uh, about the king and the king of I in uh, the king and I about uh, what a great man he was because he was celebra- cel- sending elephants to America to help Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and they said, why yeah. elephants? He said, they have no elephants in America. The guy goes, must not be a very good country. <laughs> right? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me do one other piece of breaking news from your world, and then we'll come back to uh, Terra Cognita in our world in, in America. Big story today was that Finland joined NATO to the Finland station was what I was thinking about uh, uh, reference-wise. But I'm assuming that's a big story where you are, right? Well, um, yes and no. Uh, It certainly has been the—the move toward NATO has been uh, the—one of the calls that uh, Vladimir Putin was using for his reason to roll into— into Crimea first, but Fair also enough. ultimately into all of Ukraine. Yeah. And the fascinating response was that countries that had been threatened by the Soviet Union during World War II, and a big chunk, of course, of Eastern Europe being conquered by the Soviets, uh, that those countries that had, for a very long time, stayed away from NATO on the grounds that they need not enjoy uh, its company when it in, they enjoyed its benefits, mm-hmm. um, realized only recently how truly dangerous totalitarians can be. Yeah. And so that, that Finland was able to stand aside for so long and only now recognize that the, the blood uh, and efforts of those of the West that have protected them long should be celebrated by participation in the processes that provide those very protections. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, after all, Donald Trump who called on Europe to step up and pay for their own defense. Uh, for decades, uh, the United States and the treasure of the United States, built by the men and women of the United States and taxed by their government to supply those benefits, had been too long given away for free. And finally, pushing those in Europe to step up to pay their fair share. Uh, I would argue that we're still not yet quite there. Um, that that the United States had twice in the last century saved Western Europe from tyranny at the cost of the blood of men and women of these United States um, should not be lost on anyone. And that in response to that effort, we left. It is a clear demonstration of the character of the United States and its people that we are seeking to supply liberty and opportunity to all around the world without subjugating them. And that is not the same effort made by those in the Kremlin. Right, right. That that Finland would finally get it right should be no surprise to anyone. But that means uh, ever more the concern that the false flag efforts by those like Vladimir Putin are to be watched very carefully in the very same way that the false language of someone like the mayor of New York, who uh, has denounced the efforts of police officers to return um, some uh, security to to that city, uh, has led to increases in crime significantly. We should not be surprised that we have an increase in violence in our country when the very uh, response 
to the riotous behavior in the, in the summer of destruction driven by Black Lives Matter led to people freely and uh, carelessly destroying cities and harming others. That lesson is not lost on human beings. And your, again, monologue from the first hour touches on this. And, and uh, I would ask you to bring more of that concept out even in our discussion now. Well, let's do that. Thanks for, thanks for highlighting it or underscoring it. Let's, let's talk a little bit about it because one of the greatest notions to any country that's entering into modernity or hopefully moving towards a Western, a Western desire of governance, as you were talking about Kazakhstan from, from its initial separation from the Soviet Union until now, one of the things that we always have esteemed, uh, first and foremost, is the import of the rule of law. And the rule of law that is both uh, consistent, but also understandable. Uh, for law to be followed, it has to be understood, and for law to be respected, it has to be enforced consistently. That's why we have, uh, from the Bible forward, uh, the notion that the law should not recognize faces, why Lady Justice is blind, after all. It does appear that America is growing with these radicalized, I, I think that's the word I would use, radicalized prosecutors or politicalized prosecutors' uh, enforcement of criminal law, that they are, they are, in fact, bringing about in this country something we didn't used to ever tolerate, which was uh, a justice that wasn't blind, a justice that did recognize face based on either political expedience or based on race or based on political point of view. I, it's hard to escape that this is what's going on right now, or at least on a day like today, it appears that's what's going on. Well, certainly, uh, to touch on Abraham Lincoln again, yeah. uh, his speech to the Lyceum in 1838 was about the fact that there was violence going on in the country, and that that violence would lead to greater violence, but not just the violence, the destruction of the very fabric of our country that kept all of us free, and enjoying liberty. Mm -hmm. This was the person who was also pushing hard for the elimination of the uh, blight on the United States uh, in slavery. Mm -hmm. The counter to that, however, is to recognize that one should not be merely celebrating the scars and failures of the United States, as those behind the 1619 Project would have us do, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but to recognize that the imperfection of the United States doesn't mean that it is not worth pursuing, mm -hmm. in contrast to their efforts to clearly destroy the very principles and policies that give rise to the freedom to have the conversation in the first instance. These are the kinds of people who would have us only uh, rend our garments over our failures and fail to celebrate the great uh, nature of our country. Those are the people who would, in New York, uh, point to uh, certain people in the uh, Republican Party or the conservative movement and hold them up as examples uh, when they are making missteps or using uh, perhaps badly chosen language. I seek not to have members of our society uh, destroy the very nature of our society, but to have them raised up by the brilliant principles and the philosophy underlying it that is truly uh, society-wide, yeah. through the world, really. And the, the efforts now by the left to highlight only the ill in one side and forgive it in the other are exactly the kinds of leaders and people, the demigods, 
uh, of our society who will cause its destruction. Uh, let me t- thank you. Well said, Hugh Holman. Let me take a quick commercial break and let me pick up on that point of civil liberties. Interesting thing about what's become of the left, having just gotten off the phone earlier with uh, with Alan Dershowitz. You know, um, this 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 was a large commitment of his life and life's work, and finds himself so abandoned by his uh, fellow partisans and fellow liberals on that very issue of civil liberties. Let's talk about that when we come back. Hugh Hallman is my guest. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Hugh Hallman is our guest, uh, former mayor of Tempe, attorney. He is uh, calling in from Kazakhstan. He's usually in studio on Tuesdays, uh, but uh, delightfully uh, up and at him early over there, kind of getting a gaze uh, from abroad, what's taking place on such a monumental day in America. There is this civil liberties question, Hugh, um, that, you know, in an ideal day, one could be an anti-communist and not like Joe McCarthy. Um, at the same time, one could be, shall we say, um, a conservative and not believe in the trampling or the violation of liberals' constitutional rights. Um, One could be an American and not like Jimmy Carter. One could be an American and not like Ronald Reagan. Something is different here. Something is going on that's different. Alan Dershowitz, in his brand-new book, Get Trump, talks about just that sort of thing, that the justification is, well, we— we 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 aren't really hypocrites on the left uh, or in liberaldom. Trump is different. Trump is just different. That's the claim that's always made, isn't it? That's the reason why we do have singular standards, isn't it? Um, usually, great bodies of law are not built on saints uh, or the behaviors of saints. Great bodies of law, particularly when it comes to the First Amendment or even the criminal defense amendments like the fourth and fifth amendments they're 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 built on you know defending you know people who do things perhaps they're you know that we you know people who we might think of as scoundrels who do things but still deserve the full complement of protection and rights and norms am i making any sense yes because that is exactly the subject of lincoln's speech to the lyceum good he was raising the clarion call uh, that we should not ever engage in behavior that undermines the opportunity for everyone to enjoy the very uh, systems we have put in place to protect all, that we give the scoundrels the same opportunity uh, for justice as we give uh, the saints. Mm -hmm. And he was talking, uh, as difficult as it was, he was defending um, uh, gamblers, for example. Right, right. Uh, in In his speech, he is talking about the fact that mob behavior that the call to passion, Mm -hmm. which our founders had protected us against by the creation of a republic, meaning lots of different states that would would protect us from uh, being overwhelmed by a mass mob that would engulf the country. Let's come back to that. And secondly, that the system of our federal structure was such to separate powers to assure that no one could exercise such power to destroy the uh, basis of our liberty. Mm -hmm. And so Lincoln is calling to people, uh, truly, ladies and gentlemen, 
Go look it up. It's the speech a, to the Lyceum. So good. I think he was uh, right? Yeah. Indeed. That this young man is calling out the fact that when you first start by murdering and hanging those you disagree with who might be reprobate in the society, you will end up hanging and murdering innocent people and ultimately the very basis for your own liberty. That's what he was talking about. And so none of us that I know, you, me, others of our uh, ilk, uh, ever believed that what occurred on January 6th was excusable. We called it out as a horror. But the left called it out as an example of people from the, from the right and those who believe in conservative values. And yet they excused just the summer before mm -hmm. the destruction, the, the murder of 30 people in our country, the destruction of a courthouse, the destruction of a downtown, and this was going across our nation. Billions of dollars in damage to property and lives lost. And instead of calling that that ceased, even the vice president raised money for the That's defense right. of those who engaged in that behavior. That's right. They called it mostly peaceful protesting. Right. Right. And they believe there's a different standard to right. be applied to those who argue in their cause right. to undermine the notions of liberty here. We have people pointing to 1619 as representative entirely of the real nature of the United States in lieu of people like us yep. who point to the fact that our, our Declaration of Independence, our founders who created the Constitution, recognized the failures that they had engaged in but still sought to make their way toward the star of liberty and maximizing opportunity for human beings in the, in the country. And what did Lincoln call for when the behaviors he was calling out uh, existed? He was asking that we protect our country against that behavior. And when we come back, I'd like to quote him, if you don't mind. I'd I, I, I have a feeling I know what you're going to quote, and I can't wait. Absolutely. Folks, you don't want to miss this if he's about to do what I think he's about to do. I'm Seth Leibson. He is Hugh Hallman, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Former mayor of Tempe, Hugh Holman, is our guest. Hugh, I don't know if when you read my monologue you may have picked up uh, that I was actually using a line I learned from you. <laughs> I got a line. I, I kind of stole it from you. Uh, I said uh, um, a uh, political. it's a political document dressed up as a legal one. Uh, we don't have to comment on that right now. But uh, anyway, if, in case it looked a little familiar to you, I openly confess my monologue uh, did steal something I got from you. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for being with us. Before the break, we were. I was talking, uh, I hope eloquently about, or speaking eloquently about, Abraham Lincoln's yes. speech to the Lyceum. Yeah, right. And we called on that during the summer of 2020 as violence was occurring right. and asking everyone to say uh, that such activities were abhorrent to our, our country and the very protection of liberty. And yet the left was excusing that behavior, then completely flipped to call out what occurred on January 6th. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't remember leading Republicans excusing that behavior. I don't remember leading Republicans raising money uh, to defend people who had broken down the doors and smashed the windows of our Capitol. Mm -hmm. And yet it is Lincoln who tells us, how do we fortify against this kind of terrible activity that would destroy liberty? He says it this way, and I quote, the answer is simple. 
let every American, every lover, lover of liberty, every well-wisher to his posterity, swear by the blood of the revolution never to violate, in the least particular, the laws of the country, and never to tolerate their violation by others. Think about that. Never to tolerate their violation by others. Yeah. As the patriots of 76 did in the, to the support of the Declaration of Independence, so to the support of the Constitution and laws. Let every American pledge his life, his property, and his sacred honor. Let every man remember that to violate the law is to trample on the blood of his father and to tear the character of his own and his children's liberty. Let, let reverence for the laws be breathed by every American mother to the lisping babe that prattles on her lap. Let it be taught in schools, in seminaries, and in colleges. Let it be written in the primers, spelling books, and in the almanacs. Let it be preached from the pulpit, proclaimed in the legislative halls, and enforced in the courts of justice. And in short, let it become the political religion of the nation. And let the old and the young, the rich and the poor, the grave and the gay of all sexes and tongues and colors and conditions, sacrifice unseekingly upon its altars, unquote. The point I'm saying here is that as we as conservatives denounced what occurred on January 6th, we should call on liberals to denounce what occurred in the summer of 2020. But more important, that the mayor of New York should talk about the fact that it is equally likely that the security measures needed to be taken by the federal government and his own police force in New York were to protect the rights of someone being charged as the rights of those who would side with him against those who would seek their destruction. That's what we need to celebrate in our country and to protect. Nicely put. And if I could connect the two thoughts in the Lyceum that you were quoting from, Hugh, in a different aspect, he concludes by saying because of the aging out of the revolutionary era and people who knew the revolutionary warriors and founders, that passion... You read my mind where we're going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Passion was what we lived off of. We can no longer do so. In fact, in the future, it will be our enemy. We must operate with reason. Now, when you quoted that part about let it be... uh, 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 taught to every child, every lisping babe who prattles on her mother's lap in the halls of Congress and in our primers, well, it ain't. And because it ain't, we're back to passion. That's what I think the problem is, if I were to connect and draw the line between those two parts of his speech. because we Those are exactly the dots, exactly the dots, Mr. Leibson, that we are failing to educate our children, that the passion of uh, breathing liberty to our children has passed from generation to generation, no longer by the passions that have died out in the founders, but can only be carried on, and that we would celebrate uh, the centennial, that we would celebrate when I was a child the bicentennial, Mm -hmm. the founding of this country's nature, Mm -hmm. and now we are short upon the 250th anniversary of the true founding of this country, and yet not a peep. Uh, it's, I'm getting Those a little nervous about it. Those on the left would it. have it yeah. ignore it. Yeah. yeah. You should. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm already lamenting it, um, and, 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 and I'm just—I hope I'm wrong to lament it. I hope that there is what Lincoln called a new birth of freedom between now and 2026, because uh, it's only three years away, and I'll tell you, the state of 
the state of patriotism right now in this country is pretty downgraded, whether you're looking at that Wall Street Journal poll from a week ago Monday or whether you just turn on any 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 television set in this country. And I think we're doing OK on talk radio, but, you know, talk radio ain't 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 more than. I don't know, 20 percent of the country at best, at best. And I, I, I really do worry about what 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 we're going to be doing on our 250th. I really do. Anyway, you were- yeah, well, I would call upon those of us from our uh, side of the aisle who believe in these principles to recognize when we start to violate it. That is, every difference of opinion is not a difference of principle. Nice. And when our own side starts relegating uh, members of our community who believe as strongly as I in these principles, yeah. as, for example, rhinos. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hard-pressed to uh, take those who would travel with me in the road to protect the Constitution and the principles uh, developed in the, uh, in, in the documents that created our founding, in that Declaration of Independence. Those who would join me, if they have a disagreement on how we continue to achieve those principles, I will not call them enemies. I will seek to change their choices about how we might execute upon their protection, but it is those who would seek their destruction that I'm opposed to, and those who join me and link arms to protect the Constitution and and the liberty uh, are are to be celebrated, even if I disagree with them on finer points of our effort. Yeah, we have and enough. We need to yeah, I, I was just going to say our hands are full enough with the opponents in the Democratic Party. We don't need to create civil wars within ours, which, by the way, it was the civil war within the Democratic Party that preceded the civil war that embraced all of America. Hugh Hallman, you are such an angel for uh, joining us from Kazakhstan. I appreciate you and that so very, very much. Safe travels. And if you're not back before then, we'll call you there again next week and give you a wake up call. I look forward to it. Thank you, Hugh Hallman. I'm Seth Leibson. I'll be right back. Folks, how do you think the administration's handling the economy along with everything else, whether it's the banks or the stock market or the possible recession on the horizon? What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the Fed or the stock market, where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time? A portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement looks like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. There are no fees. You're paid monthly. A secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. Too good to be true? Not so. You want to talk to my friends at Y Refi. They're local. They offer all of that, and you can visit with them. I know them well. Great people. You won't get a sales pitch. They leave that to me and Larry Elder. A due diligence approved firm, Y Refi can get you a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25 fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-34. I was just thinking back on something Hugh said in his um, condemnation of anarchy, which is what the essence of the Lyceum Address is about, really, the, the failure of the rule of law and those taking the law into their own hands. You know, it can be done by office holders, too. Uh, anarchy isn't uh, just a problem for the non-elected. 
It's not just a problem for the non-officials. Uh, it's a problem maybe even more present than anything right now with certain and some elected officials or this toxic hidden bureaucracy I was talking about a little bit yesterday and I want to get into a little bit more in the following days. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, it's the obligation to enforce and hold up that rule of law that requires not people who are merely born here as citizens to place their hand on a Bible and swear an oath to the U.S. Constitution, but precisely those people we elect to protect and defend the Constitution in elected office who are required to give that oath, to utter and state that oath. And and oaths mean something. Oaths need to mean something. The Constitution means something. The Constitution needs to mean something. The Bible means something. The Bible needs to mean something. When they place their hand on that Bible and swear an allegiance to the Constitution to uphold its laws, that should be a serious thing and should not be perverted or exploited for political particularly petty political causes, which is what we saw today, another form of anarchy. Well, I think we'll get through it. We might not get through it as quickly as we all like. As uh, Henry Kissinger once put it, uh, to break the law is easy. Constitution, a little longer. But we'll get it back together. I'm Seth Leibson. God bless you all. Until tomorrow, thank you again. And class is dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com